Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Mixing It Up with Maggie. We are continuing with our February specials, Chicas and Margarita, roundtable discussion on love, sex, and relationships. We are continuing with our February special, Chicas and Margaritas, a roundtable discussion on love, sex, and relationships. This is part two of four. For part one, please check the link down below. So today, we will be talking about healthy versus unhealthy relationships. We're joined again by... Natanya Cohen. Megan Island. Aida Reynoso. Sasha Fountain. So basically, you guys, this is our, our second, well, <laughs> let's just say our second round of margaritas, but it really isn't. And Sasha like created like some sort of cocktail. Pickle peach margarita. It is a little stronger than our first one. I'm a little heavy handed. Yeah. We, we had a conversation about virginity and sex and the media's take on it and the lack of information or misinformation that's out there. And I think the same thing happens when it comes to relationships. I haven't been in a relationship in like over two years. And I don't know if I'm ready for a new one, but I definitely started to think about what makes a healthy relationship. Sounds obvious, but I think it's pretty important is communication and fully recognizing what's going on in the situation. So um, I've been in two relationships. Uh, one was more serious than the other. I was in one relationship for a little less than a year and the other one was for about five years. Um, and I felt like I carried some of my bad habits from my first relationship into my second relationship. But I started seeing a therapist. And I think one of the things I learned um, is about realizing what's going on and what you're, what you're upset about and vocalizing what you're upset about. Because I feel like sometimes you, you don't want to admit that you're upset that maybe someone didn't text you back. Or I think trying to get understanding what you're being upset about and trying to figure out how you can find solutions to that. I think a healthy relationship starts with defining what it is like that you're doing with the other person like what is this like is this a relationship what kind of relationship is it and it could be uh, I'm not the most expressive <laughs> it could be tough to label for me at least I feel like for sh like I'm for shows I always feel like people you see them skirting around the issue and I feel like a lot of my experience with people not DTF which the define the relationship, not the down to fuck, <laughs> um, is having friends who like they like at least our generation talk like, okay, I'm talking to this person, and we know talking to means like they're interested in them and they're getting to know them, and then they're talking to this person for months and months and months, and then they finally start dating, but like you've been dating this whole goddamn time, like, and it's a refusal to have this conversation. Maybe it's just because I was single for a very long time and I always saw my friends go through this and I'm like, but why don't you guys just address the elephant? Because if you're, it's a year and you guys are still talking, what are you doing? What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Like, what is this yeah. conversation that's so riveting that you're still talking for a year and a half? Have you guys ever seen that show Catfish? Yes. yes. And Love to me, it's always fish. very riveting to see people fall head over heels, super in love, 
divulging very personal information to somebody that they've never met. And I think it's very poignant to say that this is kind of like what our society has has done, I feel, to people where we look for communication and kind of like genuine people to talk to and not really like a healthy relationship, but more of like a, I need you versus I want you. It's a very two different things. But I guess you could have there. I mean, there's so many different types of relationships. I mean, you can have a sexual relationship. You can have a more casual relationship. You could have a full fledged relationship where you're going on dates and both your families meet each other. You could have a relationship with your ex-boyfriend. It's not really like you're together, but you kind of are. There's just so oh many so levels to when it comes, relationships. I don't know. When it comes to relationships, I had a lot of friends that were in relationships. And like that was kind of like what made me step back from being in a relationship. Because I seen I seen them being like it's they they were so unhealthy. It's like, oh, it's like I'm with this guy, but we're we're like we're together, but not really together. But we're having sex, but but we're not really together, and like it's just like okay, this is not this is not healthy. This is not if if this is what a relationship is, I don't want to be in. I'm pretty. I feel I don't know. I'm lucky for this kind of generation to have like parents still together, like they were always together. But definitely the anomaly. I think one thing I, I've taken away from them that I'm not sure if it helped in relationships because I haven't had many. <laughs> was just like that aspect of like, I'm kind of working on something when we're just so used to like instant gratification, this should work automatically. Instead, it's like, no, there's going to be hard times. You have to work together and like, you don't just quit something. And like, I've never seen any abuse or anything like that. So that's why I could, you know, say that that was a healthy thing I have seen. Going off of Natanya, my parents are coming up on their 39th marriage anniversary. So like... They've been married for a long ass time. I think I was, uh, I was born. They were, they had just had their thirteenth marriage anniversary when I was born. Um, so they had been together a while. So they were already established couple. They already had a flow. Um, and I feel like when I was young, when I was younger, they argued. They still argue a bit, but like they argue, they argued a lot. And I think it's because their parenting styles differed. My dad's a very overprotective parent. And my mom wanted to be a little more lax, but she's the stricter parent. She's like the lay down the law and my dad would spoil me. So they clashed about that a lot. So that's something I had to unlearn. Like my first relationship, me and my boyfriend argued a lot. And I kind of picked up that trait from my parents watching them argue when I was a kid. And I had to unlearn that. That's completely different from where when I was growing up, because even though everybody was together, my parents were not. And I grew up thinking a relationship was about if it's something doesn't work, it's just like, leave it. And being self-sufficient. My mom would always say, don't tell everything to your husband. Don't, you know, keep always money for a rainy day aside. My mom said that. Yeah. <laughs> and I kept those, those thoughts when I was in my first relationship. And so whenever there was an argument, I was, I was the first one to be like, it's just not going to work. And I would just pick up my stuff and leave. And then one day this person was like, you just can't leave every time we have an argument. And like, we have to like... <laughs> We have to, like, fight through it. And my my whole thing is just, like, 
I didn't want to argue because then I felt like I didn't I didn't see compromise like in my household I didn't see compromise I just saw two people I didn't even I never even seen my parents argue to be honest I feel like they had like an argument off off camera so to speak like away from the kids and then all of a sudden they weren't together anymore and I learned about their issues years later so because I never saw them have an argument and then kind of get over it and be okay I didn't know what that was I'm like for argument like I feel like with my first boyfriend like we just couldn't see compromise like I had my opinion he had his and he would refuse to even acknowledge that my opinion was valid and that upset me so to this day when he tries to speak to me we um, on our third episode which I want everybody to check out um we're going to be talking about um, breakups and self-care. But I think it's poignant now to think about this quote and see what you guys think about it. We accept the love we think we deserve. I love that quote. I think it is so accurate. Um, and not just applying to me, but applying to some of my friends as well. Because if you're, if you don't, it sounds cheesy, but if you don't love yourself then it's okay that someone else is mistreating you. And you may not even view it as mistreatment because you think that this is what you are, this is what you deserve. This is the only thing you can get. Yes, that exactly. Yeah. This was like all these ongoing Tinder this, like I can't even count on my fingers how many stupid online dates I've had. That sometimes it just gets like, that's just the loneliness that does it for me. Well, or, or more than that, I think it can also be a confidence booster, too, when you see someone who starts, you know, looking at you a certain way, and you may not have been initially attracted to them, but... Definitely. With both of them? Turns out how I feel about any of the ones oh. I've had. When I did pursue, it just turned, honestly, to me for, like, just heartbreak and confusion. When I was 19, I took a human sexuality class at Hunter, and I loved it and I hated it at the same time. My professor said something to me that I would never forget, and I really hate it because I think it's inaccurate, but sometimes I think it's true. She, We were talking about how in our society men are the pursuer, and we're going to bring this back when we talk about sexual harassment because it has to do with that as well. We, we put this pressure on guys to be the ones who access out, and they're supposed to persist, and we're supposed to be the choosier sex so i told my professor i said what if i like to pursue and then she looked at me she's like you're gonna have such a hard time Wait, <laughs> you're gonna have such a hard time in life you have a i don't i don't remember what her Wait, that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard i was 19 i was 19 years old and i felt like i was like oh crap like this is this is this is it like i i'm gonna be i'm gonna be alone like i see it's that girl status quo as the person who should be pursuing like the female so it's just like I, you know like why can't people just come up to me why I gotta message people like mm-hmm. if we're if we're gay like why do we have to play out these heteronormative roles yep. that like don't work out anyway for heterosexuals they don't work out for nobody they don't work out for anybody mm-hmm. like you know like t- so much in like hindsight 
was seen like, oh, like I was supposed to pursue somebody. Like, oh, why are these weird ass yeah. rules? So then, so then it became into like going back to that quote of like accepting the love that you you only accept the love that you think that you deserve. It's like, okay, if I'm always someone pursuing or if I like that role, what does that say about me? Does that mean that I'm always seeking some sort of validation? And like, that is really, really bad. Uh, I feel feel like it depends. No, but maybe she said it in the way that you're going to have such a hard time in the way that guys are not going to like go to you because you are the pursuer. So that maybe scares them away. versus the man pursuing the woman about the app Bumble mm. because in that the woman is the one at least in male female relationships the woman is the one who messages the male first I've actually never had any success on Bumble but I've also <laughs> never had any success on Tinder so <laughs> but there yeah. are people who have men on Bumble and I think it's an interesting concept for the female to do that and the men are okay with that and it puts the the relationship in your hands as a female it is a way of like taking out the cre- the creeps in a way because <laughs> if you message a guy then it's just like it i don't know still be creepy. yeah they really could I'm, but i mean i i personally i'm not a shy person and i like to kind of get to the point like i don't like games i haven't learned to play like the whole i want to like stand at the bar and wait for somebody to buy me a drink my first thought is like, what the hell did you put in that drink? Do you know the bartender? Does the bartender work for you? Like, I'm very paranoid in that sense. And going back to like this, you know, watching my mom raise two kids on her own thing, being very self, self-sufficient. I want to get my own damn drink. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to play that character. And so when I did ask that question in class, I think that because society is the way that it is, Maybe in a way she was right in saying, you know, and not that I would never find anyone, but that I was going to have a very difficult time if I'm going to be, if I like the role of, of not only the pursuer, but also, you know, being in control. It is all the games. Like, I would like to be pursued a little bit more often. <laughs> Here too, Because I think obviously when you're just starting to like someone, there's a certain amount of vulnerability going on there and you know if you're someone who's a little bit more sensitive um it can be a little bit of a hit to find out someone doesn't like you and when it's unclear when when you're told to show that you don't like someone too much but you have to show them the right amount of like it's all these missed messages and how do you get involved with someone when you're both confused where do we learn these messages from Uh, this this goes back to like literally been told like you said you liked me like too much or something you know like h- how it's been like come it's like, yeah like how and dare you be expressive that you have to you reach like me? Like, so so you, have to, like, you told th- me you like me too quick or you know these kind of rules that we need to follow in order to you know to be in a relationship whatever where do we learn like, them from? it starts literally as a child all the shit that we see on tv but for me my biggest Honestly, my biggest issue is when you tell when people tell little kids, little girls or little feminine people, I'm gonna put it like that, that the person who's bothering them or 
bullying them likes oh, them. Yes. And the guy needs to be the aggressor the as well. As, yeah. Like, yeah. I've had an issue she's with the, that. And that's just not that into you. And it's like, <laughs> oh, he's bothering you or they're bothering you. They like you. No, they are bullying you. And that's not healthy. Because I want, I want to talk about what are like some red flags? What are some unhealthy things that either we've done or have been done to us? That's where it starts. They be teaching them, indoctrinating them early. Basically, so this guy, I can't, I don't think I can remember his name. I really can't. Um, but he had um, asked me to send him a picture. It wasn't a nude. He was just obsessed with hair. And he wanted a picture of my hairy leg and my hairy stomach. And I was very uncomfortable with it. And then he just kept texting me and I sent the photos, but I just remember feeling horrible about it and feeling like used. And we went on our one after the <laughs> date, which I thought went horrible. He was like, I like you, you should be my girlfriend. And this was date uno. And then and that is when I knew online dating was not for me. For You know, chicas and margaritas on like online dating. And that's it. Like, just talk about like our, our experiences. With it. Yes, definitely. It always seems as if certain things could, could have been prevented to a certain extent. Unhealthy relationships don't become unhealthy right away. I think it's a combination of, again, that quote of like accepting the love that we think that we deserve. Like it, our self-esteem has a lot to do with the relationship that we are in. Mm -hmm. What is it that we are accepting of? And also, again, when we were talking about where are we getting these healthy or unhealthy representations of relationships? We watch a lot of movies and TV and we're growing up with this concept of like, if a boy, you know, hits you, oh, he likes you, why? And how can we change that? So what are some like, maybe like red flags that people, that you know, you know what? That's not, that's not okay. And just to, you know, to kind of open up this, this other larger discussion about what's going on in our society, what's been going on for a long time, actually. And it has just been brought to the forefront now. I was talking to two of my friends. We were having this discussion a few years, maybe like, two years ago and about sexual harassment. And there were certain things that we were discussing in that conversation that I had to be like, oh shit, wait, that is sexual harassment? I, I think I've been through something like that. And it's the moment when you don't even know that you were in that situation. I was in a particular situation where I went on a date with somebody. Um, and uh, it, it's like that moment of the night where like, okay, things are getting kind of like you're making out with that person and then it moves too quickly for you. But I didn't, I felt in that moment that if I didn't do what I was told to do, like the, you're not cool enough or like not even cool enough, but like you can't hang and you're of a certain age. Like how can you not do this more casually kind of thing? 
It's like, what's, what's wrong, Ma? Yeah, what, what's going on? Like, I thought you liked this. I thought you liked me. We were cool, right? And let me tell you that because I didn't have, again, I think at, at that time, and looking back at it, I'm so angry that this happened to me because I was kind of uh, in a situation where it was like, I didn't know if I said no, if I was going to be safe holy shit like i felt like i was pressured into doing something i didn't want to do and how many times has has that happened um so i think that we should be talking about what are these red flags and and what is sexual harassment so that whole experience that i just spoke about reminded me of like the whole um Aziz Ansari business that Aziz and Aziz Ansari's situation like brought a whole conversation about consent into the picture that people don't want to address like just regular consent between not people with a power dynamic just two people on a date Partners should respect the other partner's wishes, and that's something you don't really see emphasized in the media, on TV shows depicting relationships, in movies depicting relationships. And um, I even know someone, kind of like what Maggie was saying earlier about not even knowing if that something was offerable in a relationship. Uh, I even had a friend who her fiance something an incident happened, and I looked at her and I said you know, that was rape, right? And she was like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. She, she sort of dismissed it and said, well, I'll, I'll talk to him about it. And but that for her and him, it was acceptable what happened. And I just think there needs to be more emphasis on the wishes of each partner and particularly in a male-female relationship making sure that the female is comfortable doing what she's doing and she's not just doing it in order to please the One of my favorite websites about dating and like consent is loveisrespect.org. They have a lot of great information about consent. Thinking of your past relationships, what's something from a past relationship that you, now that you're more mature, that you're thinking about either not doing it or, or doing it, depending on like if it was healthy relationship. Something that you've learned from your past relationship. In single for over a year, I was with my ex for some time in that over a year period. But I think learning about myself and um, what makes me happy and feeling like I'm capable of living this life on my own is really important. Coming out of you know a five plus year relationship. And hopefully I take that with me in my next relationship and I, I'll still have this streak of independence with me to know that I'm not relying on this partner for um, my satisfaction and to make me feel like... Not to compare myself to other people. That's just that not only like a self-reflective thing, but in terms of like relationships, everybody's in a different state. And like you said, defining what the relationship is, it, it can be difficult for other people and for yourself and so you shouldn't compare what you have with someone else like if you're more of like a chill watching netflix kind of couple 
then be that instead of like, okay, I really want to go out to take a picture because so-and-so took a picture at this place and we need to go out. I guess uh, what I learned that I'm still trying to put into practice is just kind of owning my needs. You know, I know compromise is a big thing, but I I think I had the tendency to kind of overcompromise and just work through whatever. Yeah, and instead of uh, kind of just stressing how important certain things were to me. I have this note, this journal called See Me Shine. T- 100 Positive um, Affirmations for the Modern Day Creative by Madi Kudi. It's a black woman who made a little journal. And it, it was like 15 bucks. I recommend it because they're really nice and you can use it as a journal as well. And when I opened the page to write my notes for Chicas and Margaritas, I was like, this is perfect for today because her affirmation for that page is, it's better to know yourself than not to know. Mm. And it has a little um, like clarification underneath said, remember as you love yourself more and more, your self-esteem will grow higher and higher. You well, have to, to love yourself first. Episode, I just want to say once again, thank you guys for, for joining me. Um, and I hope that everybody's like enjoying this roundtable and the podcast i do have to say um that consent is everything and no matter what kind of relationship you're having with somebody even if it's a friendship i think it's all about consent i do recommend the book that sasha mentioned which is the five love languages and to take your test and see where do you fall because i think it's very poignant and i think it's a conversation that everybody should also um, should also have we kind of take what we can from media and then kind of obviously we've we've been like analyzing it um and we're from somewhat similar generations so like we can we can talk about Buffy and everybody knows what we're talking about um but I but but the but um to end the podcast I do have to say um that consent is everything and no matter what kind of relationship you're having with somebody, even if it's a friendship, I think it's all about consent. I do recommend the book Five Love Languages. Another great book is Communion, The Female Search, Search for Love um, by Bell Hooks. And this is a great way, a segue into our third episode, which we're going to be talking about breakups and self-care. So tune in for that.